Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Ready? All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> Underway. What's up, everybody? We are back with another episode of the Action Network NFL podcast presented by FanDuel, talking some NFC win totals on this one. I'm your host, Chris Raybon, joined as always by the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, Stucky Stuck. What's going on, man? What's going on, brother? Uh, yeah, it's a uh... it's good to be back again. If you haven't checked out the AFC episode, that's already out and. Yeah, trying to crack the code of this NFC is certainly going to be interesting, but uh, it's good to be back talking NFL, man. Excited to get into yeah. it. I feel like this is a good exercise for us because I, I think last year, I know we unearthed the, the Cardinals and we both bet that, and I was like one of our only win totals, and uh, that was easy. So, uh, And we were kind of on the same page with, with a lot of our AFC uh, thoughts, at least at this early juncture. So let's see if we stick to it with the NFC or uh, if we have some, some disagreement, NFC is pretty, pretty bunched up. So it should be interesting. And one note, uh, let me say this off the top, the NFC this year, each team has nine road games and eight home games. Of course, you know, teams are now playing 17 games. So in addition to the NFC, not being as top heavy as the AFC, you know, a lot of these win totals, you know, you're going to see a lot of seven and a half, eight and a half, six and a half. Uh, that that's also somewhat to do with the fact that uh, they have an extra road game. So let's get right into it. Start with the NFC East. Got the Eagles up top coming off that NFC title. Ten and a half is the win total minus one thirty, juiced to the over. Stuck. What are you thinking about this Eagle squad who did lose some pieces uh, on defense? Uh, they were deep, but uh, what are you thinking here? Yeah, lose some key pieces on defense, lose both coordinators. Schedule's going to get a little more difficult. Last year, they had the easiest schedule in the NFL, per my numbers, and they didn't even play anybody in the playoffs either. Um, so this is a team that I was looking to sell. Yeah, you also you you paid Hertz. Hertz had an amazing season. Can he duplicate it? 
Um, we'll see. We've seen it with guys like Josh Allen. Our Josh Allen, amazing season. Lamar Jackson, amazing season. You know, people get film, especially with what they want to do with guys like Allen Jackson. You see it in the next year. It's not as good. So I feel like this is the peak of the Eagles value, especially with who they got, got to play last year. But here's the thing. They still have a really good roster, really good offensive line, really good in the trenches. They still have Hurts, A.J. Brown. It's still a great roster, and they're in the NFC. So um, how do I want to attack them? I Because, like, the Giants, we were – I was all about the Giants last year, betting their win total over. But, you know, they obviously overperformed a bit, won a lot of close games. It's not like you're going to be buying them low. Maybe you can make an argument for the Cowboys. There's still some holes on that roster. I'm who knows where McCarthy wants to take them. And then Washington, obviously there's major holes there. Part of me does think that Dable is now I, I really hope the Giants address the cornerback situation. Um, I'm curious to get your thoughts if you agreed on them on the Daniel Jones contract, but I still want them to address corner. But part of me thinks that Dable is gonna be like Vrabel, the Vrabel of the NFC, right? Like just no matter every year from coaching and scouting. And I can think this one of two ways, like, all right, what he did with Daniel Jones and simplifying everything. Now teams have film on it, but it just feels to me that he's going to be an excellent head coach that consistently overperforms. And, you know, six years from now, and we're talking, we're going to be like Dable's five and one to the over um, uh, in the win total. So, yeah, I want to fade the Eagles, and maybe it's – and I'm not betting win totals necessarily. Maybe I'll go win total under, but it's difficult in the NFC to fade one of the clear best teams in the conference with – there's just – there's a lot of weak teams in the NFC, relatively speaking. So on my fade radar, but I haven't figured out exactly how I want to do that yet. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, this is more of a – I mean, we could talk about the roster and you already kind of hit all those points. I'll just say this, like Jalen Hurts, regular season Jalen Hurts. I don't think he's going to be a dude I want to fade for the foreseeable future, honestly. Like, I just think this dude is a winner. Like, I, I just I, I just think he I just think he's going to continue. Like, he was just on he was just so on point all year. I, I thought in the Super Bowl, he was ridiculous. Yeah. You yeah. know, it. And, and I know he had – there was, like a, like, a couple of games where he had, like, a down stretch and maybe there's some injuries to do with it. You know, they kept playing the same teams over and over again. So – but just from my vantage point, I think the Eagles are – it's going to – it's kind of like – the talent isn't the same arm-wise in terms of Burrow, Jalen Hurts, but there's something just about – like, Jalen Hurts has it, and <laughs> the roster is good enough – and, you know, they still got Sirianni, who they love. And, you know, he's a weirdo, weird guy, but the, the team seems to love his swag. Um, so I think the Eagles are going to be fine in the regular season. But obviously, you know, it's going to be tough getting back, you know, to to the Super Bowl. You know, we saw that with the with a team like the Bengals, you know, who, you know, surprised early in their quarterback, young quarterbacks um, tenure. And then, you know, last year just a heartbreaking loss and, and couldn't get back. So I, I don't want to fade to 10 and a half. I could, I could see them winning, you know, maybe going 10 and seven, if it, but, uh, and, and they don't have Minshew anymore. So that, that is, you know, with Jalen Hurts running so much, that could be, you know, that could be somewhat of an issue, but overall, you know, Mario. I was hoping, I was looking probably, to fade and then I, I look, I, I'm not betting win totals this early. Yeah. So expecting to see an 11. Or higher, mm-hmm. so a half makes it. Yeah, tough. it's a little sharper. It's a little. I think it's sharp. 
uh, again, I think the angle uh, we're talking now, it's it's not even 420 yet. You got to go division. You say it every year, right? The same team n- never wins the NFC East two years in a row, going back to what, like 0203 or something like that? About yep. t- two decades. So, <laughs> I, I mean, it's not, it's kind of chalky, but you could go with the Cowboys at plus 170. But I think this, I, I think you got to go right back to the Giants at, at plus 550. You asked about Daniel Jones. Do I love the contract? No. Do I hate it? No. I do think he, like, if you look at the alternatives, I think Daniel Jones, the upside is there because of the running ability, because of what we saw him do at his peak and and saw him do, and we still haven't seen him with really great receivers. Um, and we've seen what, you know, D- how Dable kind of, as he was able to get Josh Allen more weapons, how he kind of progressed in his career. So I think that ultimately it, it's, you know, a lot of people are probably going to laugh at it from the outside, but it was probably the best move the Giants had available to them at quarterback. You know, you know, like they could have taken a lot more risks with, you know, not the, be- not the guarantee of, uh, of much more upside, or they could have gone with like a higher floor, safer pocket, cheaper pocket passer with, you know, just a lower ceiling. So I, I don't hate it. The Giants win total eight and a half. Uh, yeah, I think that's about right. I still think they are kind of around that 500-ish caliber type of team. But, I, you know, if I had it, they're juiced up to the over at plus 118. If I had to go one way or the other on the Giants, I would actually go over because, as you mentioned, Dable, he's like, he's like Vrabel. He just finds ways to give the Giants a competitive advantage. And, you know, now they're finally going to be able to get some of his guys in there and, you know, they're going to be able to. That's a bad injury luck last year. Yeah, too. exactly. Like, and I think, you know, Thomas, they got some, they got some pieces on both sides of the ball where, you know, if they can hit on a couple of draft picks, uh, this team is going to be one of those teams. I mean, it, it was one of those teams you really, only the Eagles were really destroying them. You know, everyone else, you didn't want to face the Giants last year. Like that yep. was just not the team. So yeah, they they might still go zero two against the Eagles, but overall, I think the Giants are the team with the upside here. And I love what the Cowboys did in this, you know, in the offseason. It wasn't too flashy, but you got Gilmore, you got Brandon Cooks. Um, you know, this Cowboys team has has some high upside too. So I think if you're attacking this division, you got to go Cowboys with a hedge on the Giants, uh, or or just go Giants. Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on the Cowboys, uh, actually? Because the win total is nine and a half. It's juiced to the over at minus 144. Uh, I know I'm not alone thinking, you know, I, you know, I, I like the, the few moves the team made. Uh, I like. Uh, but but what are your thoughts on, on Dallas here? Yeah, like, well, the one thing that's keeping me, I mean, I don't see any value from a price perspective with them. I'll probably stay away from division futures. If I wanted to fade the Eagles, I agree with you that, Maybe the way to go is okay. The NFC is wide open. The Eagles are probably at the peak of their value. Look for a long shot to win the Super Bowl in the NFC, or just to win the NFC. Yeah, I don't necessarily think it's in this division, but that's probably how I would attack my, or will end up attacking my Eagles fate. So we'll get to the other divisions here shortly. I'm a little worried about the. I mean, the Cowboys still have some questions on the offensive line that I'm a bit worried about. Primarily at tackle, can Tyron Smith stay healthy? We'll see interior defensive line i think they need to address a bit i'm mainly worried about the coordinator change on offense and like what what is that going to do 
from a philosophy standpoint and, you know, McCarthy coming out and being like, we want to run the ball and how much, how, you know, he's old school guy. How serious was he of that? What does that mean just from a play calling and philosophical standpoint? But yeah, I mean, I think the Cowboys are one of the better teams or step below the Eagles in the NFC, but they're just, they're kind of just so public all the time. The yeah. Like there's just, you're never going to, you can't, like when can you find the Cowboys at like a uh, a good enough discount, you know, with a healthy Dak? Uh, so yeah, they're they're kind of just a they'll be like a week to week team for me. I probably won't have any exposure anyway from a futures perspective. I kind of think that they're priced fairly fair. Yeah, I'm just going off. You know, if if you believe in the NFC East narrative. If it's not the Eagles, I don't think it's the Commanders. That that's that's the that's the team that I'm uh, I'm not really in on. Their win total is six and a half at FanDuel. Uh, it is juiced to the over at minus one thirty four. Ah, uh, I mean they got Brissett. They they you know Sam Howe is there. You know there's no Carson Wentz. So I guess that's addition by subtraction. But I, I think Washington's still the fourth best team in this division. And, you know, if it's, you know, Giants or if the Giants are the third, I think the coaching really separates, you know, those two teams. And I think the Giants are still in, in a better spot uh, at quarterback with, with Daniel Jones, obviously. So, you know, Washington, you know, maybe they get above, maybe they get to that seven wins, but uh, there's, I don't see any value in Washington division or uh, win total. Yeah, nothing too actionable here for me. I think that the Eagles could be, like you said, vulnerable in the postseason at the peak of their value. But I don't, I just, I don't want to attack them in this division, and I don't think I'll end up playing their win total under at ten and a half. Yeah. So that potentially just might lead to another future in the NFC. And I think the NFC, like we mentioned in our AFC episode, some of the teams that we, you know, could see taking a flyer on. Those are the teams you got to be, like second tier with a really good quarterback and an elite a quarterback with the potential to play at an elite level in the NFC. That's not necessarily the case. And you might want to just bet a future to win the NFC, but if you can get into the NFC playoffs, you don't necessarily need an elite level quarterback to make a run in this conference. So that's maybe how I'll attack a, you know, a, an Eagles fade in an indirect manner, um, which I guess is a nice transition into our next division. Yeah, we got the NFC North and this division, I, this and the NFC South are going to be very, very interesting. So I, I want to spend some time here and we will start with the division favorite Detroit Lions. Nine and a half is the win total minus 132 juice to the over. It sucks that the market is kind of caught on. To, to the Lions, I know we've we've kind of liked them uh, these last few years or this last year or so, and I I, I don't disagree. I, you know, I think when you look at this division, the Vikings were a fraud last year. Uh, the Packers are likely going to be without Aaron Rodgers. Uh, we'll get to the Bears because I, I do want to talk about the Bears. Uh, I think they they are they have some upside as well. But this this Lion team, uh, I mean, give me some, give me some thoughts here because I I like the roster, like the coaching staff, and uh, you know they they added guys in the secondary, which is what they needed to do. Sutton, Mosley, Gardner, Johnson. If this team could just not defend at a bottom five level, uh, you know they still have the Jared Goff road 
you know, in the cold situation to, to, to worry about, but um, yeah, I think the secondary can, can go a long way to helping them out. Yeah. I love their secondary signings. You know, they're they're when their receivers are healthy, look amazing on paper. We know about their offensive line and the potential there. One of the better ones in the NFL. And then you saw last year with some of their young defensive players that flashed and, you know, Malcolm Rodriguez, Hutchinson, even like guys like Kirby Joseph. I'm a big fan of Ali McNeil's potential. So they had a lot of guys that I think could take a leap on that side of the ball. And yeah, this team's extremely dangerous, but they're, everyone knows it. They're kind of like priced appropriately. The line, the lines are plus one thirty to win the division. The Vikings are plus three ten. The Bears are plus three twenty. The Packer plus four ten. So, as much as I love the Lions, it's still golf, and there's still some questions on this defense. I do think that they're clearly the best team in the division, but there might be an opportunity to fade them here at their peak, or maybe not. Are 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 you just dead set on the Lions or winning this division? It feels like they're a bit fadeable here. Yeah, I think I don't think there's a ton of value here. Like I I would lean over, but at minus one thirty two, you're again, you're not really getting any value at the nine and a half. I I'm I'm looking at their road schedule, and it is interesting because they play Dallas on the road, New Orleans on the road, the Chargers on the road, and Tampa on the road. So they have quite a few non cold weather cold games, yeah. road games. They do play the Ravens. They do play the Chiefs. We'll have to see when exactly they play the Chiefs. Uh, and obviously they'll they're going to play the Packers and Bears, uh, you know, on the road. But the way this division is, especially if you aren't buying into the Vikings and, and and kind of buying that they were a lot closer to a mediocre, even below average team last year, despite the what was it, thirteen wins, then I, I think you know you have to like the Lions. And I I, I think you know, it, gun to my head, they probably do win double digit games here. So uh, not a ton of value, but the team I really like in this division uh, is the Chicago Bears. I think the Chicago Bears are criminally undervalued. Uh, their win total seven and a half minus 132 to over. So they're two behind the Lions. I, this Bears team, they shored up a lot of their holes uh, in the offseason, getting DJ Moore at wide receiver. You know, the O-line is is improved the 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 middle of the defense with Edwards and Edmonds that's two top 10 linebackers Justin Fields you know is going to have weapons now and he's going to be you know entering his third year so I like the Bears I, I think the Bears are, are are super undervalued and I look at their schedule and they remember their win total seven and a half and no one there's not a even the Lions leading the division just nine and a half wins I look at this Bears team their home games are against Denver, Carolina, Atlanta, Vegas, and Arizona outside of the division. Now, remember, no one in the division has more than nine and a half. Denver is their top uh, home win total at eight and a half, and the only one that's even at 500. Uh, and then on the other side, on the road, you play Kansas City and New Orleans, the Chargers, and Cleveland. So those are some tough road games, but you also got Tampa Bay, Washington. And again, this division is still... I think, you know, beatable even for the Bears on the road. So I think they could crush their win total. I think they have a I think they have a much closer shot to win this division uh than the odds are giving them credit for at plus three twenty. So, 
you know, as much as I like the Lions and I, I think the Lions are the rightful favorites, I'm actually looking at the Bears as a team that I want to invest in because, and, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on the Vikings who, who are at eight and a half, but I, I, I think the, I think the Vikings are, you know, are, are a lot closer to their underlying metrics last year. So thoughts on the Bears, thoughts on the Vikes. Yeah, but that like five years ago, even five, ten years ago, we could have faded the shit out of the Vikings, but um yeah. now it's eight now, and a half already. Yeah, everyone are, and everyone already knows like they were a fraud and all year, and they're they they have major questions on defense. Um and but I think that they're just pr- pr- pretty much priced appropriately. I do think the lines are a tad overvalued for the division. I still think the Bears have too many holes in the trenches on both sides of the ball and on defense. It's, I mean, look, we're talking about a historically bad defense last year that you're not just going to fix right away. And can field stay healthy is another question. All of a sudden, then you're down to PJ Walker. If not like, I, I like what the bears are building and some of the, some of their off season signings. And I, I mean, I, I told you before last year, I'm a big fan of Eberflus and, but I think that we, we talked about this in the AFC episode, the Jets are overvalued, and it's already completely priced into the market that Rodgers is going to go there and Rodgers is going to leave. But I think on the other side of the coin, the Packers might be undervalued in the this division market. I mean, they're you could find them plus four twenty. Yep, and they still have a lot of like Pro Bowl caliber talent on that defense. The offensive line still has a ton of potential if they could stay healthy. And they just they just know how to develop offensive linemen. We saw the you know Watson. They said there's some really good young receivers. If Love could play at a halfway decent level, like they can win this division easily. And I think that we're getting some value on the Packers, who were unlucky in a number of different ways, injuries, turnovers. Just I talked about that all last year. Why I thought the Packers were undervalued. I think that. You still have that home field. I think that the Packers are being slept on here for this division. I don't think that they have Super Bowl, um, you know, run in them, but they could certainly win this division. So I'm actually targeting the Packers. I like it. I think so. I think the Packers and the Bears both have value. And again, another three, four combination Bears are plus 320 and Packers are plus 410 for yep. this division. The reason I like the Packers is, like you said, Really, you, you lose Aaron Rodgers, but you still have a lot of quality players. Now, I wish they wouldn't have brought back Joe Barry. That it would have made me feel a lot better if they had, you know, just gone a different direction because I they have a lot of quality players on defense every year and they seem to underperform every year. Yeah. But still, you got you got a quality offensive lineman, especially at the tackle position. Christian Watson looks like he's going to be a star. You still got the the the, the two headed running back tandem. You still got Jair. So Lafleur is two dubs, a good coach. Two dubs. Yep. 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 Exactly. Dobbs. Yeah. Exactly. So like the Packers. And then going back to the Bears, you could say yeah, they still have some holes. And obviously they were a terrible team. I think they were a three win team last year. Obviously they 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 still have some holes. But remember, the Bears have the most cap space in the league, and they still have you know top five draft capital. Uh, among you know all teams when you add up all their the value of all their picks so like this bears roster is nowhere near done and in a winnable division like this uh i'm definitely not discounting them because i, I just think fields gives them 
a ton of upside with, you know, even an average roster. So like the Bears, like the Packers, did I, I liked what I the, the little bit we've seen of Jordan Love, I think it would be enough to potentially pull through in this division that is 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 very close. You know, let's let's not kid ourselves here. So yeah, I, I'm on I'm on the Bears and I'm on the Packers. I think you fade the Vikings uh at, at eight and a half and and uh, I think the Lions, people are just kind of on to them. They, they are, they should be the favorite, but you know, I think last They're buying year, them at their peak, which is crazy. Yeah, to say the right. Lions. Everyone right. knows it in yeah. the market has priced it accordingly. Yeah, but I don't hate your Bears argument. I'm just going to trust. I mean, what it, what breaks comes down to me is I'm getting a better price. Yeah, there you are. I, but uh, I, I, I think the Bears are like, I know. I think the Bears are in a better spot than the Packers, though, just because I th- I think we know a little more about Fields at this point. But also, like they have so much draft capital and they have cap space, and you know you can always get you know sign a veteran or two, uh, you know, in the trenches. That that's always doable. But like remember, their secondary is very young outside of outside of Jackson, and like the, I, I, those guys could also take a step. Like this this Bears team could suddenly be like mostly good players and like a few holes that they only have to, that they have like an abundance of cap room and, and picks to fill. Like, I think this, like the this, what I'm saying with the bears is yes, they could be a, a year away, but they have enough upside just given their circumstances right now to where this team could be a lot better, even like a, like a, a month from now, like two weeks from now after the draft, this team, we could be like, Oh wow. This is the bear, these bears, like they look crazy right now. So that that's why I'm still on the Bears too. You're, you're, I, I agree you're, with the Packers. Yeah, I'm. You're you're. I think giving you're you're more I have a little bit more faith in their defense than I do. The yeah. problem is then if their defense is horrific, what does that mean that Fields has to do every week? He's got to be Superman and he's running around trying to make plays for the entire game. Like there's no break. You're, but, you got to win games in the 30s in the like in the 40s. So there's so much injury risk when that happens. Like he's, you saw that, like, I, I think back to that Fal- the end of the Falcons game, he's taking hits with like 20 seconds ago, trying to get down the field. Like there's just no break. And like, cause you're getting zero stops and you can't just like, I, so though I am extremely worried about their defense linebackers only go so far. I, I, I think you're shortchanging them. I mean, because like, all right, know, Jackson's still a good safety. Jackson's still a very good safety. Brisker it is a uh what is he a a, a a day two pick who was pretty good last Let's year you got johnson you got gordon line. you got uh like like vildor is not terrible either and like remember they're gonna they're gonna draft guys like i just think i just think this bears defense is gonna look a lot different than their defense could just like play below average billings you're gonna they be got right. walker last, last year they were historically bad they got to make a, a decent sized jump here and like signing a couple linebackers to me. But they also got Walker they uh, on the D line. They got uh, Billings on the D line. Both of those guys were graded out as top 25 they're, players they're at their position. And then you, the needle for me. Huh? Gonna say that. I don't trust their corners yet. We'll see if Johnson can stay healthy. Um, and I don't trust their, them. they get pressure. But I, look, I, I don't mind the argument. I think that. I don't think the Vikings are the answer. So it comes down to Bears or Packers, I think. You're going Bears, I'm going Packers. I trust the Packers D and their price more, but it's a quarterback league. And you're right that you can 
as of right now, we have more data and just we've seen fields do it and we haven't really seen love do it very, very limited sample size. So at the end of the day, it could just be the quarterbacks, the difference, and then you will be right. So yeah, two sides, however you, if you're listening, um, those are the kind of two sides uh, to two of the teams in the division that we're attacking, but how about Lions Super Bowl futures? You're going to hear a lot of that. Oh yeah. I mean, hasn't Jared Goff already taken, I, I like NFC title because I, I, I think the NFC is so wide open and, you know, to your point, I, I think the AFC, you know, regardless of which NFC team makes the Super Bowl, they're probably going to be an underdog to one of these AFC quarterbacks. So I, I like the idea of betting on the NFC title. And we've seen we've seen Jared Goff win it before. So, yeah, I'm I'm on board. Yeah, but if right, right now you were to say maybe this is a, a good transition into, like, who's could win the NFC? And, like, you start with the Eagles – Obviously. And then who are the next teams that you feel comfortable going out there? And it's like you'll probably say the Cowboys, Niners. Like the Niners, right? Like Lions are there. Like they're yeah. in that oh, they're, conversation. Honestly, <laughs> it's more like which team can't win the NFC? Like the yeah. Cardinals, probably the Bucks. I don't I mean like the Rams, I think, lost too much. Like I could see the Packers and the Commanders the if Jordan Love ends up being very good. Yeah, and- I could see the Bears winning the NFC. That's what that's what I'm trying to say. Like, like there's so much. Bears can't win the NFC. I think the Bears could win the NFC. I'm kidding. I'm just trying to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, like Justin Fields essentially has to go like make a, like a Jalen Hurts type leap. He got it, DJ Moore. We don't even they're not finished yet. So, like I think I think the way the Packers path is a little bit more like a like a high floor path. It's like, it's like if my, if my bears prediction just completely tanks and we're, you know, we're right about the, like the Vikings are just that mediocre team and the, the lions are just like, you know, maybe, maybe Jared Goff blows a couple in the cold weather, whatever he does. Like the Packers are like that high floor team that they're going to be competent. And like, if a couple of things break their way, they could, they could easily you know, get a lot further than I think people think. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't mind the Packers at all. I, but like, I'm looking at the NFC right now, and honestly, I think the teams that can't win it, at least Arizona. right now, Arizona, Tampa, uh, Washington. Um, You're gonna tell me Atlanta can, but Atlanta can't. A- Atlanta can. Oh my gosh! With who? No, no, no. Atlanta probably can't win it, but Atlanta can can probably go a lot farther than people think. Even, I mean, yeah. the Vikings could technically win it. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's that's why I like NFC title bets more than Super Bowl futures because it's you get a Super Bowl future. It's like you're kind of stocking the odds against you in the sense that like it's a it's already wide open in the NFC, and now you got now even if you do you know hit gold, now they still probably got to beat Mahomes or Burrow or Allen or Herbert or you know somebody like that. So yeah, I, I'm I like the NFC odds. I like the 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 conference championships for the NFC, uh, AFC. I'm a little more inclined to, you know, go Super Bowl for the the top teams, division for the other ones. Uh, let's go to the NFC South now. Another one that could go any which way. Uh, let's start with the New Orleans Saints. They are the favorite. Nine and a half is the win total. Uh, I think the funniest thing here for the Saints, because the Saints are set up reasonably well. I mean, I'm not a big believer in Derek Carr. 
at this stage. I think he is what he is. Pretty mediocre. He's going to have some good days and some bad. I don't think he's going to be a massive difference from Andy Dalton, to be honest with you. Uh, but the schedule is very, very favorable for the Saints. But I, I thought this little tidbit was pretty hilarious, given that you know everyone's so high in the Saints. Dennis Allen uh, has never gone over his preseason win total, 0-4. So I guess that's the only – that's like the, the biggest negative you could kind of throw at the Saints because their, their schedule is, is easy, the division's easy. But what do you think about this, uh, this Saint team? Yeah, I think that they're overrated right now. Um, like, there's still some – like, I have questions about their defensive front. Still. They lost a lot of guys. They lost yeah. a lot of guys. Uh, uh, Ellis, Anyamata, was it Shy Tuttle? Yeah, and Cam um, Jordan is not the same player that he once was. Um, and, you know, like the the offensive line, there's still some questions there. Um, it's not an, am- an amazing roster. It's like a they're, they're an average team. I think they're priced about – I think they're a little high on the win total. But, you know, like they're close to even money to win the division, which I think is attackable. I, the bucks, you can't, I can't, the bucks are like five to one. I can't make a case for the Bucks. So then it comes down to, do you fancy the Panthers or Falcons? Panthers are like plus 300. The Falcons are plus 350. I would have, see, I was going to go Panthers if they, if they drafted Stroud, I think Stroud was a better fit. I think they're going to draft from draft Bryce young. And I think, Stroud is a better fit for Reich. But like you're like Adam Thielen instead of DJ Moore. Thielen, all the signs are like he's gone like this. So like you're gonna rely on him to be your number one. That's not good. Um, I do like some of the things that they could potentially do on defense. The Falcons, I think you're gonna make the case for them. Oh, um, yeah. It's but I mean it just comes down to like, is it Heineke? Are they gonna who's the quarterback? I'm not a Ritter guy at all. And they need to get an edge rusher. They have the past two years, 16 teams have doubled the sacks that they do. That's insane. The Raiders have the second fewest sacks. They have like 30 more than the than the Falcons. And they didn't address that, but the secondary has potential. Um, but I don't, there's no edge rush, and I don't believe in the quarterback. So like it's hard for me to get behind them. Um, and then the Panthers are gonna have a rookie quarterback. I kind of wanted them to get Stroud, but they're going to go young. And then I didn't love the feel in signing. Um, so now I'm kind of soured on the Panthers. So maybe you can sway me on the Falcons and make your case. So here's my thing with the Falcons. Last year, they had Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter. And they still finished number 13 in offensive DVOA. They were number three rushing team. So we know they're going to be able to run the ball. Yeah, they got a couple of linemen coming back from injuries, but their yeah. O-line can really run block, and they can fucking – they get a lead on you. They are – Yeah. To play. So if you look at – they have four of their five uh, – actually, all of their five starters right now, if you go – if you look at uh, PFF grades from last year, they're all top 14 or better at their position. Like they across the board, you got Matthews, Hennessy, Dalman, Lindstrom, McGarry. That it's a real strong offensive line. Drake London, premier talent at wide receiver, entering year two. Kyle Pitts, premier talent at tight end, essentially another wide receiver. Uh, Algier turned into a, a, a very good running back. Uh, 
you know, they they upgraded that that spot opposite London with Mac Hollins. I think they still have more work to do, but like Mac Hollins is still better than you know whatever Demiri Bird and oh, it was Brian Edwards and all that. Uh, so, but so the offense, you know, even if it's just some combination again of Ritter and Heineke, uh, I still think can be uh, a pretty an above average offense because we saw that last year. And Heineke, I think, is better than Ritter and Mariota. So. You know, like that could be worth another couple of spots. You know, and who knows? They could have a top ten offense, and then on defense, well, I don't I think, think they'll get. Why don't they trade for Lamar? By the way, I, I, I don't think that's out of the question. Like I know no, they keep I'm, denying I'm it. They should like that. That it makes yeah. so much sense for their rushing offense. Yep. Um, and put Lamar I, in the NFC. So that's yeah. another thing. That's something that could happen and more yep. upside of the Falcons. Um, but, I love what they did in the secondary. Yeah, Jesse Bates. That's that's big. Uh, you know, they, Kudo on the cheap. I know he's been a bust, but you got him on the cheap. Yeah, you, you still have Hayward. You still have Terrell. You already have corners with a, a ton of potential. And, yeah, they just need to get yep. what they should do in the draft. They need to get an edge rush. Like and, you and they got Calais, though. That yeah, Calais was another solid, nice signing. Solid veteran. Yep. He never drops off. He's just steady production. But they need but, someone that can get into the backfield off the edge, whether that's yeah. you sign a veteran or you get that in the draft. But – yeah, and then you have the Lamar potential. I think you convinced me. I think if the Falcons are the way yeah. to go. And I mean, like, I just think it's another team I just think has a lot of upside because of how, like, they were already solid on offense with such a shitty quarterback situation. And their defense is going to be a lot better. And even, like, I even like some of, like, the risky, you know, just flyers they took. Like, Bud Dupree could be nothing, could get hurt. But it, there's been times when he's been a, a good edge rusher himself. So it's like... Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm sold now on the Falcons. Last year, right now you lost me. No. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm giving you an example of the type of moves they're making. Like he 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 doesn't have to pan out at all, and they'll still be fine. They just they do need to get uh like a, a premier edge rusher, but I think they can do that. They they have cap space, they have draft capital. Um, yeah, and then there's I think last year was upside. the Panthers here. Yeah, you have the exactly. running that rushing offense. Okay, yeah, I think Falcons are the way to go. Panthers uh, are too chalky. Panthers are just too chalky. Like everyone is like, oh, they got the, you know, they got the pick, and you know, they were kind of a darling last year. I think last year was the, like betting on the Panthers, like we did down the stretch when they were underdogs every week. That was that was when you wanted them. Now I think they're they're a little they're a little over. You are the dollars. Panthers whisperer, so I'm going to. I know I soured on them recently. I thought I was going to make a case of the Panthers. Didn't so. they added a bunch of mediocre talent? Like for example, like they lose. Foreman, they get Miles Sanders. That's not like a massive compared to how Foreman was playing. Not yeah, a massive upgrade. Lose, the, Eagles you, that, the Eagles thought Sanders was overrated too, but you can tell by how the right. his snapshot. Yeah, Boston Scott. Right, and, uh, they get they lose more and they replace him with Adam Thielen and DJ Chark, and not really an upgrade there. Even even if you go two for one, you know, uh, Tuttle was pretty average for the Saints last year. Deshaun Williams uh, on the edge was below average. Von Bell is decent, uh, but you know. Overall, they made a lot of moves, but they didn't get like massively better. You know, even especially, you know, uh, the way Darnold was playing. Andy Dalton, I mean, he, he's probably not going to beat that by a, a, a ton. You know, it's just like they're going to have, they're going to get a, a rookie quarterback. And if he, if they hit, then they could blow it out the water. It's a, it's a weak division, but I, I just don't think they, did uh, they're not they don't impress me and frank reich to me is just a very mediocre coach as well so yeah, yeah. i think the Falcons are the way to go bucks are gonna stink 
Yeah, Bucks six and a half is their win total. Falcons and Panthers at seven and a half. Uh, so uh, and the, you said plus three hundred and plus three fifty. Uh, so I like those Falcons odds for the division as well. Okay, the West. You got the Niners up top. Eleven and a half is the win total. Minus one fifty to the under. So more like eleven. Little a uh, little over eleven one. What do you think about the Niners here? Purdy avoids uh, Tommy John. They they add Hargraves. They add Oliver. They lose. A, who do they lose? They lose. A, they lost a couple of guys on oh, D as well. But uh, yeah, they lose uh, McGuinchy and Brunskill, Brunskill, and then they lose Al Shire and Ebukam on D. But and Garoppolo obviously. Um, so I don't know. What do you what do you think of San Francisco? Eleven and a half. I mean, that's that's up there. Yeah, it's the, and they're like minus one seventy to win the division. They the problem is they're in the NFC and then they're in a division where you have the Rams and the Cardinals and the Rams are going to be bad. Um, I mean, maybe you're buying the Rams and McVay at the, at a low point. Maybe you can make that case. Um, you know, I like some of the moves that Seattle has made. Still need to go out and get just like big, bigger on the interior defensive line. But I like I think last year was pro- like probably as good as it's going to get for that roster with Geno Smith. And I I mean. So it's very difficult for me to fade the Niners here from a division standpoint. Um, I'm not betting them to win the division. I think that their win total might be a tad high, but yeah, this division is it is giving me trouble right now. The only thing that I do know is now there's some winnable games on the schedule, but Arizona is basically in rebuild mode and they don't care. This is a long-term thing. Also, there all the talk is Kyler Murray. We just want him to be fully healthy. Probably he's like we want him 100 percent before he comes back. So like he might not be back until like week nine, ten, and then like who who knows? And you boot a Baker now. I mean, look at that defense. You want to talk about a historically bad defense as of right now? And Gannon's going to take a while for him to get his guys to fit his scheme. But Buda Baker's now requesting a trade. I'm assuming they should. They should do that. They should trade him. Hopkins, I assume, is going to get traded. Like Watt retired. But look at this defensive roster. The Arizona defensive roster. You know, they lost their most reliable corner. Their other corners always hurt. Like it is, it is bare, bare bones on this defense and they're going to be really bad and they know it and they don't really care. It's kind of just like a tanking year. Um, so I don't mind going under on Arizona, whatever it is, at about five and a half. Uh, five and a half for Arizona. Yep. Yeah. I, I think that they're, this is the, this is going to be the team with the fewest wins in the NFL, even though they're in the NFC and they're in, in this division i think they're going to be bad bad and i think they're only going to get worse from between now and then by the time the season starts like they're just going to try to get younger they're going to try to stockpile picks um but i like i think baker's gone i I don't think hopkins is going to be around i think murray's going to be out longer than the market assumes so i'm just really low in arizona here i know it's a super low number um in the nfc when you have like and there's winnable games with the schedule because you're in the nfc but i think they'll end up with like four or five max so don't mind that under I think the Niners are a little overvalued, but I, I don't know exactly know how I want to attack them other than like, okay, you got the Niners and Eagles at the top here. If you want to take a shot and another team, the NFC, some of the teams that we mentioned, that's maybe how you indirectly do it. Um, why would your thoughts here? I think the Seahawks uh, are, are a team that you can attack the Niners within the, in the division. You know, I actually don't think they peaked uh, because if you look at Seattle, they still got the receivers on the outside in Metcalf and Lockett. Uh, they still got 
on the other side, they still got Diggs and, and Adams back at, at, you know, at the safety position. Wagner somehow still playing at a high level. But you also had lucky corners that flashed. That uh, yeah, that's what I was about to say. You have got like Tariq Woolen was already a stud, and he could get better. Jackson uh, and Bryant as well, and you also have uh, you know Cross at tackle. Year two tends to be when these guys make a jump. Remember, like Andrew Thomas was like, eh, year oh, one, and then yeah. um, Abe Lucas was actually pretty solid already in, in year one. So like you could have you could suddenly have like two premier bookend tackles uh for premier cornerbacks premier safeties premier receivers kenneth walker's a stud of a running back uh you no, know i love what they're doing with the roster my question is can you expect gino to duplicate what he did that's what it comes down to so if he t- if he falls off then it doesn't really matter the upgrades on the rest of the roster because you know your quarterback you, is falling off you know what i think gino reminds me of uh, especially because Pete Carroll's a, a, a pretty good coach, eight, four, and one to the over uh, on his win total. I, I think Gino reminds me a little of Tannehill in terms of, I, I, I don't think he's going to ever like fall off back to like Jets Gino or, or something like that. I think he's going to give you solid play. And, you know, I mentioned all of the, like what they have around him. I think that's part of the reason he was able to do what he did even last year. I mean, you give him two stud receivers, you give him two, you know, young uh, tackles that could potentially be studs in the future. Uh, you give him a bunch of, of good tight ends, a good running back, a, a good coach, yeah. uh, a defense that creates turnovers. I mean, I, yeah, I think Geno can. And like, we've seen this with the Niners. It, Shanahan has never gone over the win total two years in a row. They always seem to have something go go wrong for them just when they're sitting, you know, just when it's looking like they're, you know, the cream of the crop. And we, I mean, we kind of started to see it in the playoffs last year, obviously, but 11 and a half is so high and they're, they're kind of looking like, you know, they're listed as somewhat prohibitive favorites minus 170. Uh, so yeah, I think the Seahawks are the only, I mean, really the, as you mentioned, the Cardinals are going to be crap. And I think the Rams just lost too much like Ramsey, Taylor rap, uh, you know, I, just too many guys uh for me thin yeah so and by the way seattle the second most draft capital uh when you combine the value of all of their picks so there's another team that we are we're already raving about their roster now uh it could look even better in a couple weeks after the uh in a week or so after this draft they got the number five the 20 the 37 the 52 uh, the 83 and, and, and the 123. So they got four picks in the top 52, uh, five in the top 83, uh, and uh, and then another handful of of, of picks in uh, in day three. So uh, yeah, I, I really like Seattle. I think Seattle is win. This is one of those teams. Their win total right now is eight and a half. One of those teams that I could see their win total jumping up to nine uh, by the time the regular season comes around. So Seattle is a team that uh, I'm investing in. That's fair. Yeah. If you're going to fade this Niners team, which I think are, is a tad overvalued, that's the only answer. I, I can't make a case for the Rams and yeah. certainly not the Cardinals. Uh, um, Wait, what do you think Like regarding the Rams? Cause their win total is seven and a half. I, that I know we were low on the Cardinals and we think they might be like a two, three win team, but and, and and seven and a half, it is juice to the under, but 
is it that high for the Rams? I mean, I don't. I think the Rams are a notch below even teams like the Falcons, Bears, and and Panthers at this point. Yeah, I mean, uh, I didn't break down. Let me see. Who? Let me look at their schedule. Like, they, uh, I, I remember. I got, the- I got in front of me. So their home games. They have a bunch of easy. Well, I guess not necessarily. Philly, not- New Orleans, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Washington at home. That's not that easy when you add in San Francisco. Uh, and Seattle, and then on the road they got the Bengals, the Cowboys, the Ravens, the Giants, the Packers, and the Colts. I, it's not terribly easy. Yeah, I I, I probably will come in whenever I find it. I'll probably come in a little lower, like around six eight six seven. nine. Yeah, about six eight six nine. That's um, what I was thinking. So yeah, I would probably lean under there, and and lean. not much draft capital either for the Rams. Yeah, no draft capital, and yeah, that, so yeah, I would I would lean under that. So yeah, if we're a little lower on the Rams and Cardinals and Niners, that does leave Seattle as a logical choice. And I think elsewhere you made the case for the Falcons. I'm on board there. And then in the NFC North, it's you made the case for the bears. I did so for the Packers. And then I think we're also on the same page that like, just as a broad statement in the NFC, like the Eagles and Niners are, you know, clearly in that discussion of like, Hey, look, we're the teams that most people are going to say pick to get to the Super Bowl, But I think, as a result, if you want to indirectly fade them, I, I think the Seattle case makes sense. But I think just in the NFC, outside of those bottom, bottom feeders, if you really like a team, if you like, if you think they're they're also going to hit in the draft, if you like what they did in the offseason, and take a shot. The yep. NFC is worth taking a shot on, especially just to win the conference. It's that wide open. And a team that, could, that just sneaks in as a wild card can win two to three games and get to the Super Bowl in this conference. Yeah, I think we're uh, on the same page for the most part, and then bear, bear, except Bears Bears versus Packers. That'll be our yeah. little... I mean, and don't get me wrong. I, I think you're, you're, you're I'm going to be invested in in both of the Bears and the Packers. My point, yep. yeah, I, I want to fade. I want to fade, you know, Minnesota, and I want to fade Detroit just because um, I, I think the, you know, the public's kind of caught on to them, but yep. I think it's a wide-open division. Yeah, you make a good case to Se- Seattle's – so, like, I also think Arizona – I mean, who knows what the Rams do? The Rams could trade, like, Stafford, right? Like exactly, they, they, yeah, yeah. They, they could buy him out, too. Gonna, I think Arizona's going to trade guy. Like, they like get – why are you – why is Hopkins still on the team? Why is Buda Baker, who's publicly requesting a trade? You're you're starting over. So, I think that Seattle – and then we mentioned Seattle's draft capital. So, that's a price that could get – that I think right now is probably the best you're going to get. And then the same thing with the Falcons. The Falcons also have the – potential like looming out there of uh Lamar Jackson or a big quarterback move and we like what they did in a lot of other places and yeah even with Heineke I think that they're rush based offense and the Saints are a little overvalued so yeah I think a lot of the same page with the NFC and then of course later this summer we will have more in-depth NFL betting stuff as always once we have the schedules and post draft and free agency and all that good stuff but this was uh it's nice to wet the beak and i have some division futures i'm going to go place tonight yes sir all right it was always a pleasure stuck uh you guys can find stuck on twitter at stucky2 you can find me at chris raybon you can find us at those same handles on the free award-winning action network app where you can follow our bets or track all of yours be sure again to listen to our afc win totals pod it's out right now until next time let's get this money
Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.